Welcome to the Growing in Love for Life podcast, where it's all about saving and strengthening your marriage and creating the relationship you really deserve and want to have. And now, from growinginloveforlife.com, relationship and marriage coach and best-selling author, your host, Liam Naden. This is episode 62 of the Growing in Love for Life podcast. Hello there, it's Liam Naden speaking, and welcome to this episode which is entitled Text Your Ex Back, Does It Work? I'm really pleased to welcome you to this new podcast episode. It's, it's actually been the first I've done for quite a while. I've been very busy working with people through my programs and, and individual coaching, working on helping them save their marriage from divorce. And I've also been working on some new material, some new coaching material, to help people not only with their marriage, but with other aspects of their life. And I'm really excited about this, and I'm looking forward to sharing that with you in the near future. But anyway, I've taken some time out to create this podcast episode because it's on a topic that I get asked about very often. And the topic is about texting your ex back. Does it really work? And there seems to be a lot of information and a lot of things online these days which claim which talk about texting your ex back. And many people have said, does it actually work? Can you really send a text message to your spouse that will get them to want to come back to you and to come back to your marriage, to love you again? I mean, is it possible that you can say something in a text or maybe more than one text that will get them to say to you, you know, all is forgiven, I've realized I really love you, I've made a mistake in wanting a separation or a divorce, I just want to be back with you and for us to be happy again. Now that sounds a great idea, doesn't it? So let's look at this. And the thing is, from my experience and perspective, the answer to whether or not you can really text your ex back is, well, it's yes and no. <laughs> Yes, you can use texts as part of an overall strategy to save your marriage when your spouse has left you, but it's not a solution in itself. And using texts to your spouse alone is filled with danger. And if you don't do it right, it can not only be ineffective, but it can easily make things a lot worse. And in fact, texting can actually very easily drive your spouse further away from you. So in this podcast, I really want to give some, you some ideas on how to text your spouse the right way and the wrong way. And this applies if they've left you or perhaps you're not in much contact, which, of course, you're probably thinking, well, maybe t texting is a good way to be in contact. So I'm going to talk about a few ways you can use texts effectively and also the things you really want to avoid. Because it's easy to fall into traps with texting. There's so much opportunity for miscommunication. And I really want to show you how not to fall into those traps so that you make things worse. Now here, just to say, I'm also, I'm specifically talking about texting. But you can apply some of this to using the telephone or, or writing emails. Or in fact, any other sort of non-physical or, or non-face-to-face contact you might have with your spouse. The principles are the same, although you'll find this, what I'm talking about, really does specifically relate to texting. All right, so your husband, I'm assuming, I'm assuming your husband or wife has left you. 
and they've said they don't really want to have anything to do with you, or at least not much, <laughs> they've told you it's over. They've said, don't get your hopes up, that they're too hurt, that they haven't loved you for a long while, that they want to move on with their life, and that you should move on with your life too. So they're really saying, it's over. And that's their final decision. But of course, and I think this is why you're listening to this, and why you've probably listened or hopefully you've listened to some of my other material, you want the opposite to what they want. So they're telling you it's over, but your thoughts are, how do I get them back? How do I show them that I've changed? How do I show them I'll do anything to save our marriage, that the two of us can work things out? And that if I just had one more chance, we could fix our problems and everything would be good. And after all, there's too much to throw away without giving it one more try, right? Well, of course, in this situation, your natural reaction is to think that you have to stay in contact with your spouse. And texting them seems like a good way to do that. It's easy, low-key, and above all, you don't actually have to be there to see their reaction. So it's quite a, a low-risk way, in a way, of staying in contact. Or that's the way it appears, anyway. And you're probably also thinking a couple of other things. This is what most people think. And they think, you know, the more I contact them, the more they will see that I care about them and that I've changed and that I can change their mind. And also, I need to stay in contact with them for them to know that, that these things are true, that I have changed, that I can change their mind. And if I have any hope of saving our marriage, then I do need to stay in contact with them. And if I don't stay in contact with them, they're going to move on with their life without me, they're going to forget about me, it will all be too late, and there's nothing I'll be able to do. Now, there's one big problem with all of this, and it's a big problem that comes through with the texting situation as well. It's the thing I see that 99% of people do wrong, and it's why it doesn't help them save the marriage. And the problem is, you and your spouse want different things. You want to save your marriage, and they want to end it. And of course, I have a whole program, a seven-day program, on how to save your marriage when your spouse doesn't want to. But specifically when it relates to texting, if you have a different agenda to them, and they know that, then what you're showing them is what you want, and you're also showing them that you don't respect what they want. So you can see the conflict here. And this is the problem people have. How do they resolve the fact that they want something, which is to save their marriage, their spouse wants the opposite, to end their marriage, how do you get the two of you back together? Well, the problem is, of course, that if your spouse, your husband or your wife, if they feel that you're not to, going to give them what they want, which is a divorce, separation, then they're going to resist you every step of the way, no matter what you do. And sometimes you can do a lot of the right things, but if they still feel that you don't want what they want and that you're trying to get them back, it's not going to make any difference. And maybe you've found this already. Maybe you've already found that no matter what you do, there's a wall up. They don't feel any better about you. And the more you do, the worse things seem to get. So what do you do? Do you just give up? Do you stop doing anything? Well, there are things you can do. And when it comes to texting, there are ways you can actually use the power of texting to, to actually break down that wall. 
that resistance they have towards you and have them feeling better about you and even attracted to you, which is what you want. But as I said, you have to be careful. So there are actually three steps to using texts effectively. And I'll say what they are and then I'll go into them in detail. The first step is you need to communicate to your spouse that you respect and honour their wishes and feelings. Step number two is you need to use texts in a way that shows them that you respect and honour their wishes and feelings. So you're showing them what you've already said. And by doing this, you don't alienate them against you. And the third thing you need to do, and this is important, you need to measure the effectiveness of what you're doing and adjust your texting accordingly. So let's look at these steps in detail and I'll show you exactly how to apply them. So step number one is you need to communicate to your spouse that you respect and honour their wishes and feelings. Now this is really important to break down the resistance and you do this by making your position clear in an initial contact. And I'd recommend you do it in an email or a letter, not face-to-face -face and probably not by text because what you want to write is going to be in a little bit more detail. But this is really important. So the first part of this is you have to tell them what your position is. I mean, do they know how you truly feel about the situation? You know, very often we send mixed messages. We don't want to upset our spouse, but we're heartbroken that they're leaving. So we send mixed messages. So it's really clear, sorry, really important that you make your position totally clear. And you start by saying, I want you to know this is how I feel. And how I feel is that I really love you. I think we could have a great marriage. I'd like you to come back. I find it very difficult to let go of our marriage. And I'm just really sad that things the way they are and that things have turned out the way they are. So that's about saying what, you, what your position is, how you feel. The second part of stating your position is showing them that you understand and you have listened to and you respect what they feel and what they want. In other words, you need to show them that you've, you've really understood and you've listened to what they want. And this is very, very powerful. So what you say here is something like, or you communicate that you love them enough to let them go if that's what they really want. It's not what you want and you haven't given up hope but you're not going to try against their wishes. What they want is not to be with you, and you totally respect that. You realize there have been lots of things in the past that have been reasons why you've come to the situation. You don't need to go into any detail, but you can just acknowledge that. But you want to make it clear you're not going to go against their wishes. You understand how they feel. You respect that they have the right to feel that way. And when you do this, you break down the resistance to you. You're making it clear that you'll support and respect their decision. So how can they resist, resist you when you're basically saying you're on their side? So it's very important just to summarize this that your spouse understands firstly how you feel about the situation. You know, Don't be shy to say that you actually are finding it hard to let go and that you really do love them and you think that your marriage has a future and you really could fix things. That's, that's being honest, isn't it? And then secondly, after you've told them how you feel about the situ situation, express clearly that you know how they feel. 
and say to them, you're not trying to change their mind, you're not trying to manipulate them in any way. What you are is you're being totally respectful of them and their feelings and wishes. And you know, who doesn't want to be respected? You want to be respected for your feelings, and they want to be respected. And if you meet somebody who respects you for your feelings, doesn't try to change your mind, doesn't try to manipulate you, doesn't try to tell you you're wrong, you feel a lot better about them than somebody who has this hidden agenda of saying that you're wrong and you need to change your mind. Now what happens if you don't do this? Well, as I said earlier, they're going to have a wall up against you. And the problem with a wall against you is that anything you say or do, it could be wonderful stuff, you could do all of the other right things, and even including sending texts, but whatever you do, if, if the wall's up, they're going to interpret it as you trying to manipulate them that you don't care about how they feel or what they want, and you're not to be trusted. So they'll be guarded around you. They won't trust you, and they're not going to look kindly upon anything else you do. They're just going to interpret it through the filter of suspicion. And essentially, they're going to be thinking negative thoughts about you, which is what you want to avoid. All right, so as I say, what I suggest, and you might want to listen to this again a few times, and and get the, the feelings, obviously put it into your own words, but tell them how you feel, express an understanding of, of how they feel, and put that into an email or a letter, and send it to them. Now, and if you think you've already made it clear to them, just try this again, because perhaps you haven't. And this sets a, a very good base for your texting, which we'll talk about shortly. Right, now after you've made this initial statement, after you've sent the email or the letter, it's very important to wait. And you might not get a response at all. So if they reply negatively, or if they don't reply, or no matter what they do, don't fall into the temptation of reacting. And don't get into any discussions or arguments about your marriage or your relationship or about the past or anything like that. Don't revisit any hurts or resentments or reasons why the marriage has failed up until this point. You know, your spouse might come back. Their reaction might be, well, that's all very well and thank you very much, but this is how I, you know, and, and bring up all of these negative things and try to engage you in a discussion. Don't be tempted to get into that. Because what you don't want to do, the problem with that, and I've covered this in earlier podcasts, the more discussion about your marriage and the more... Uh, negativity that is brought in and trying to fix things, the worse things become. And you don't want to leave things on a negative note. And that's what's going to happen if you react or if you get into any further discussion. You just want to say, this is my position, this is how I feel, this is how I understand you feel, and that's it. All right, and when you do that, you're in a much better position, a much clearer position for yourself and your spouse to start to be able to use texting effectively. Because what you're going to be doing when you use text the right way is what we're going to cover in step number two, which is step number two is use text in a way that shows them that you respect and honour their wishes and feelings so that you don't alienate them against you. Now you've already told them that you respect and honour their wishes and feelings. Now you've got to come through with action. You've got to show them. And texting is a very good way to do that. But you have to be consistent. You can't say one thing and then try and manipulate them through texting. 
But if you can be consistent, it's very, very powerful. Now, when we get into talking about texting, most people make two mistakes, two classic mistakes, and it messes everything up. All right. The first thing is they text far too often. So they get the frequency wrong. They think the more I text, the better it's going to be. And that's all wrong. The second thing is they say the wrong things. In other words, they get the content or the message of their text wrong. So how do you fix these two things and make sure you don't fall into these traps? Well, the first mistake, texting too often, the solution is only send a text when you have a very good reason to send a text. And that comes down to what you're texting about, which I'll talk about next. But if you resist this temptation to text just when you feel like it or you think you haven't talked to them recently or you need you just have this urge to say something, if you do if you avoid that temptation, you're automatically going to find that you text a lot less often. But the important thing is that your texts, when they're received by your spouse, they're going to be of significance to them. You know, you're not using texting just as an excuse to contact them, which if they see that, that's a red flag. That's manipulation, you not respecting the fact that they've told you they want their space and they don't want a relationship with you. So if you, can, you don't want to come across as, as not respecting them or bugging them or whatever, and that's what you're going to do unless you have a very good reason to text them. So less, is, is, less often is much better than more often. And just think about that. Don't worry about, get out of your mind that you have to stay in some, in, in a, a certain number of days can't go by without you texting. It's not true at all. And I'll explain why that is a bit later. So less, less often is better than more often. Second thing, be very careful about what you text about. And the key is, you've made your position clear, so your texts are going to be relevant to their feelings, their wishes, their life, not yours. Because remember, you're showing respect for them. So don't ask them about themselves. You know, don't say, hi, how are you? Just thinking about you. How are things going? How's it going at work? Whatever. You know, they're not asking you to be interested in them, are they? They've given you the message they don't want to be with you. You need to respect that. So it's not really any of your business how they're feeling. I mean, it's, it sounds a bit harsh, but it's true, isn't it? If you look at it from their perspective. So don't just sort of use a text as a quick way to ask them how they're feeling. It's none of your business. (laughs) Okay. And don't tell them about how you feel. Whatever you do, don't tell them how much you miss them, how much you love them, how much you want them back. You know, you've already, they know that you, you, if you, in step number one, gave them the right message to start with, they know that you miss them and love them and that ideally would want them back. And that you're having a hard time dealing with the fact that you're that they're not there or you're not with them. But so you don't need to keep repeating that. Because if you th- look at it the other way, if you got a text and, and someone told you how much they missed you and loved you, what and you've told them you didn't want them in your life, how would you feel? It's just it, it's pointless, isn't it? And the next thing is don't mention anything about the marriage. You know, they've already told you it's dead. Remember? <laughs> they want to move on. You've got to think about that. Respect. How can I make them feel that I respect? Be consi- Respect their feelings. Be consistent with what you say and what you don't say. And also don't compliment them. I know that sounds a bit strange, but again, why would 
anybody get a text from their ex-husband saying, oh, you know, by the way, I think you look great or you're great at something. You know, it just reeks of manipulation, doesn't it? So you don't need to compliment them. They know that you think they're great. That's all that needs to happen. The other thing is don't treat them like a friend. Now, this is a bit of a tricky one. And, of course, you want to be friendly, but they know that you really don't want to be friends, don't they? They know you've stated in your position that you love them and you want them back, really, but, you, but you're accepting their decision to move on. But you're not saying to them you just want to be friends. So don't treat them like a friend. Don't try to get them into your confidence, confidence and ask their advice and all those things. Let them take the lead in the direction of how things progress between you. And also, don't make it look like you're looking for an excuse to contact them. So don't think, don't say things like, oh, I just wondered how you were doing, or, or, you know, what's the weather like where you are, or how are things going? You know, all of that looks like an excuse to contact them, and it's disrespecting, again, their position is they want to move on. All right, so they're all the things you can't do, and you're probably thinking, well, what's left? What can I say? Well, there's a few things here. Firstly, keep to practical things. So this again, remember I said, have a good reason to contact them. And practical things are a good reason. You know, maybe there's some mail that's arrived for them. Or there's something to do with your children, some practical thing that needs sorting out, or something to do with your finances, or, or your practical situation. You know, that's fine. Again, resist the urge to, to email them too often, or sorry, to text them too often. But there's certainly no harm, and this is the best way to do it, is stick to practical things. Not about your relationship, not about your feelings, just something practical. Now I said earlier not to tell them how you, you, uh, you feel or get into anything personal. But actually you can. But very, very occasionally you can say something personal. And what you're doing there, and by occasionally I mean like once a month or Certainly no more than once every couple of weeks, but more like once a month. But very occasionally, you can just remind them of your position and and that while you respect them, just remind them of how you feel. So you can say something, you know, as I say, once a month, no more, all right? Look, I was just thinking and wondered how you were doing. I'm, I'm trying to get over it, but I have to be honest, I missed you, you know. That's okay, isn't it? Or maybe you can talk about a friend. Maybe you have some mutual friends who've come around. You know, John and Mary were here last night and they were asking how you were doing and I, I told them they could probably get in touch. Hope that's okay. So that's okay. The odd, no more than once a month, personal connection, if you like. Just so that that thread is carrying on. You're not, because you don't want to say, okay, I've, I've, I've forgotten all about you. I, I've moved on. And I don't want you back, because you do. That's being dishonest. But you, you do want to communicate that you still have feelings for them, but you respect the fact that they don't, or they want to move on, and you're coping with it. So it's, you can see what you're doing here. What you're basically saying is, I'm still interested, but I'm not trying to get you back. I respect your feelings. I'm moving ahead with my life as you are. I'm a strong person. And all of those things make you attractive, or at least not unattractive, which is when you come across as needy or missing them too much, you know, that's, that's disrespectful and it's not attractive. 
Step number three is you want to measure the effectiveness of your texting and adjust it accordingly. You know, you're sending these texts, what response are you getting? That's going to tell you what your strategy, if you like, should be moving forward. So are they ignoring your texts? And this very often happens. Now that can mean a number of things. It can mean they don't want to hear from you or they're annoyed by your texting. But it could mean they're not necessarily negative. They just don't know what to say or they're too busy to reply. So if you don't get a response at all, and it might be you might get a response to several, don't be tempted to follow up with, did you get my last text? That it comes across as disrespectful. But adjust your texting accordingly. So again, you might need to think, Maybe I'm texting too often. Don't text as often, cut it back, and again, only when absolutely necessary. Second thing, are they acting negatively or angrily? Well, the key here is don't react. If, some, if they send you a, an unpleasant email, just, you don't need to reply. Just leave it. You, you really don't need to say anything. If you're going to get into a discussion over something negative, it's just going to leave more negative feeling. So... Resist that temptation to react or reply, just leave it. Third thing some people do is they get into a situation where their spouse is telling you about their life. They're asking you advice about what to do and about their future and saying, oh, you know, I was wondering, could you help me um, move house? Or um, what do you think about me dating somebody? Or what do you think of this picture of my new apartment? Or what do you think of this picture of my new boyfriend? (laughs) Now, if you didn't, it's really important not to get drawn into this type of conversation or to give them advice if they ask for it. Because what they're doing here is that they're telling you that they're not respecting your thoughts and wishes. Remember, you've told them. You want you to, that well, you would like the two of you to get back together. That's how you feel, although you totally respect and accept their position. So if you let them start to treat you like a friend and, and not respect how you feel, that makes you appear weak. And remember, if you want others to respect you, including your spouse, you need to respect yourself first and say, I'm not going to be treated like that. It doesn't make me feel good. So the first thing is, best strategy of all, don't respond. But if you do, if you're drawn into something, just say something like, you know, I'm really sorry. That's not something I can advise you on, given the situation. You know how I feel. It's not really appropriate. So I, I can't really advise you on that. Or it's something I don't want to get involved in. So it's really important. These are the sorts of different sorts of responses or lack of responses you might get. And it's important to gauge your results and responses. And you have to do this with your gut feeling. This is something I come across in my coaching all the time in my programs. I really show people that going with your feelings is something some of the best advice or the best advice you can have. So what are the feelings coming back, being honest? Don't try and push it. Are they annoyed, irritated, angry, cold? Are they indifferent and cool? If that's the case, you're doing something wrong and you need to adjust your approach. Or is there a hint of respect? Maybe they're a bit relaxed. That tells you you're on the right track. So again, you don't want to push it, but maybe you're going on the right track. So there's a few things to remember about this whole... Those are the three steps, but there are a few things to remember about this. Firstly... You have to have some patience. So if it's not working, or if it's going the wrong way, adjust your strategy on the feedback you get. But you don't want to be stubborn. You don't want to 
come you want don't want to keep doing something that's not working because that comes across as a nuisance that you're a nuisance and you're not respecting them and don't be afraid to stop texting if you feel it's only creating a negative reaction i keep saying this there's one of the best things you can do is to do nothing you don't need to react and you don't need to be afraid of stopping texting Remember, it's all about feelings. Your only goal is to get your spouse to feel good about you again. And if texting helps, great. If not, adjust your approach or don't do it. I'll just give you a quick example which might illustrate how this all works and get you thinking about the perspective to put it in. Now, imagine you meet somebody, all right? You're married, you want to get back with your spouse. But imagine you just meet somebody who seems very interested in you romantically. So, in other words, if you're a woman, it's a man, or if you're a, a man, it's a woman. And you're not attracted to them, you're not interested in them, but, you know, you're socially having a drink or whatever, and they ask if they can call you or text you sometime for whatever excuse, and you give them your number. And it's not that you're really interested in them, but it's easier in the moment, and it doesn't seem a big deal just to hand over your number. Then what happens? You start getting texts from them the next day, and they start texting you a few times, and... They're asking you on a date. They're asking how you're feeling. They're telling you they really like you. They want to, they're really attracted to you. And what do you do? You might text them back and say, look, sorry, I'm not interested. You're a nice person, but not interested. And they keep texting you. They go, hi, how's, how are you doing? How's your day been? I was just thinking about you, wondering how you're doing. And you go, well, I'm fine, thanks, but please, can you stop texting me? I'm, I'm, you're not listening to me. I'm not interested. And they still keep persisting. Oh, I know you're not interested because they're thinking, well, they say they're not interested, but maybe if I'm persistent or maybe if I change the wording or change my approach, I can get them interested. But how do you feel? You feel manipulated, they're not listening to you, and you're feeling they're a nuisance, right? They're irritating. They're not taking any notice of your feelings or what you want. They're only trying to manipulate you. In other words, they're a pain in the neck. (laughs) So... Just think about that in your approach to texting your spouse. You don't want your spouse to feel that way about you. So have the courage to stop texting if it's not working and don't fall into the trap of thinking, I need to keep trying. I can't give up texting. I just need to find the right things to say and then it will work. Well, there are no magic words to say that are just around the corner. And don't be afraid that if you lose contact, your marriage will be lost. Because it's not important the amount of contact, it's the quality of the contact. It's the impression that you leave your spouse when you're not in contact. So with everything you do, not just texting, everything you do, before you do it, ask yourself, is doing this going to make them feel better about me or worse? Really look at it from their point of view. And if you can leave them with a good impression, only being in contact with them once every six months... That's still better than leaving them a bad, with a bad impression of you three times a week. Do you see what I'm saying? So this is the key. It's what I teach in my programs, which is how to make your spouse feel good about you again, no matter how little contact you have with each other. So this, that's about texting in a nutshell. And remember, there's no such thing as a quick fix in anything, including texting. And least of all in saving a marriage that might have been deteriorating for some time. If your marriage has been going downhill for a while, the bad news is it might take you a while to get it back, but the good news is that you can. So use texting carefully in the ways I'm suggesting, and 
hope and avoid the pitfalls and you will greatly increase your chances of your spouse wanting to be with you again. And I also want to repeat that the best chance you have of saving your marriage is to use a carefully planned combination of many different things, not just texting. It's much more powerful when you have a combination of things. Things that will get your spouse feeling attracted to you again. Getting those feelings back. And that's actually what my coaching programs are about. My seven-day Stop Your Divorce program and my 30-day Save Your Marriage Relationship Transformation program. So if you feel this podcast has been helpful and you feel that I can help you further to save your marriage, then please check out my website, liamnaden.com. So I wish you all the best. I know you're going through pain right now, but, but don't give up. Many people have saved their marriage, and often from seemingly hopeless situations. So just learn to do the right things, and you can save your marriage too. I wish you all the best. Take care, and bye for now.